I would have never been able to maintain a relationship with my husband had I not learned all of these hard lessons. Never, never, never. I was out of shape. I'm asking to run a marathon and I've not done one day of training. Okay, but how how much training do we need? You know, on some level, I'm like, I'm sick of all these fucking lessons. <laughs> am, I, am I done yet? <laughs> hey there, welcome to another episode of Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast made to inspire you to create a life and business on your own terms. You'll hear candid interviews with people who have boldly decided to blaze their own trail and the occasional solo show with me your host. I'm Willa McDonough, on-camera coach, storyteller, and remote video producer. Five years ago, I moved from my home base of San Francisco to the coast of Portugal, taking a big leap into the unknown. Some called it courageous. I called it carving my own fucking path. Today, I live in Lisbon and run a business that elevates your online presence, helping you show up confidently on camera to create videos that showcase your brand and personality so you can get more visibility and attract clients by being yourself. If you're just starting out in business or you've been doing it for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice and hopefully feel inspired by stories from people who have chosen the unconventional and sometimes messy path. And if you've been waiting for a sign to start carving your own fucking path, this is it. I'm so happy you're here. Zara Franks, thanks for being here. It's so good to see your face. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so I I really am looking forward to all the things we're going to talk about because, <laughs> uh, well, you are an intuitive relationship coach, which means yes. that you help women turn their horrible, challenging breakups into breakthroughs, and you use a variety of modalities, which we can dive into later. You have a new program, Breakup <laughs> to Breakthrough. I always like to start with people's backstories and the path that you were on that led you to where you are today. So for you, I would like to start when you moved from San Francisco to DC for love and how it all came crashing down four years later. And you went through like the, the worst, most horrific breakup of your life. Can you take us back to that <laughs> moment? <laughs> yes. Well, I was a young, promising designer. <laughs> <laughs> and I <laughs> I went to go visit my sister in DC and I met this man there who she introduced me to. So, you know, and it was like love at first sight, you know, cosmic mm. connection. Like the moment we met, we just locked eyes. It was like instant, instant, instant. Um, so being 24 at the time, I went back to California and I was like, I have to be with this man. I don't know what's happened to me. This, everything has changed. <laughs> so, you know, he came out to visit. We went on this like insane date that lasted like two days. I was like, oh my God, this is the one. It's cosmic, star-crossed, whatever. So, of course, I wound up moving out there and, you know, my sister's out there. So I thought, okay, yeah, okay I've got like some people. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was a chef and I thought that's even more romantic and I will just move my burgeoning business to DC. No problem. Like, you know, new businesses can withstand moves across the country. No, they cannot. <laughs> <laughs> this was pre-remote, right? Like 
before that yeah. was a, a thing. Yeah, and it was a very like artisan, high-end, like hands-on business. So the clients that I was building out in San Francisco, like those clients were not going to translate to DC and, you know, it's just a whole different environment. So I got totally entangled in this relationship. I just prioritized that over everything else, which was like looking back, like resume suicide. Like I went to one of the top design schools in the country. Now I'm like waiting tables. Like what? I, I was madly in love, you know, and I was like, just taking cues from this person who did, uh, you know, doesn't really know me, you know, and in any case. So fast forward, he's doing this restaurant thing. It's very difficult. You know, he's very much into the restaurant lifestyle, the drinking, normalized substance use. And I'm normalizing all of this for me as well. I was making a lot of excuses for him. We both were from California originally, and we wanted to move back. And when we got back to California, that's really when the cracks started to show. So, you know, taken out of our regular environment with our regular crutches, things just imploded. His drinking ramped way up. um, And that's when I realized like, oh, drinking a handle of vodka and gin a week isn't casual. I think he might be an alcoholic and I've been enabling this this whole time. Um, Okay. And also realizing, you know, he's screaming at me all the time for different things. I'm like trying to people please. I'm walking on eggshells. I'm trying to hold on to this love no matter what. And realizing, oh, this person isn't really there for me. And I can't depend on this person. And this is actually very, very toxic jumping in to say you're very self-aware now it's it's always hindsight (laughs) and I think that you can now label it and say and even put a label and say this was toxic we were not you know lining up in, in all these ways but what was it that you were hanging on to I think the feel good feeling and also the future potential Um, we talked about building a life together. Our families got along really well. Um, I was holding on to the early days when we first met and things were, you know, puppy love and all of that and thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, that's the real us. We just need to get back there. That wasn't the real deal. That was, you know, the honeymoon period. Right. Okay. Bring us to a moment or the moment when things imploded, but that you had this, this realization that you were going to, you know, say, fuck it. I'm going to do my own thing. That was one of our last big blowouts. And I just realized this isn't working now and it's never going to work. And I'm getting sick. I mean, my eczema was like, I had like a rash breaking out on my face I was exhausted. I was just kind of having to like look in the mirror and wake up. And I had this moment where I was like, hey, listen, here's here's where I'm at. Here's what I need. And here's what I haven't said. And here's what you haven't done. And he was just like, yeah, you're right. See you later. So he, he broke up with you. Yeah. I just thought, oh my God, this whole time I've been 
holding up this entire relationship. That's what one-sidedness feels like. So that was one of the first lessons. Okay. What does reciprocity feel like? What does an even exchange of energy feel like? You know, a lot of women overfunction in their relationships. They are the ones who are going to be doing all of the emotional heavy lifting, picking out a therapist to go to for them. And like, I don't know, like making sure emotionally managing every situation and they're taking a backseat for everything. So I was definitely heavily involved in all that. And I thought, okay, that's just what it takes to be in a relationship because relationships are work, right? Which is what we're they told. Are. Right. But and that, that and that, sorry, <laughs> I was going to ask, was that modeled to you? This behavior you must have seen somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a very chaotic and dysfunctional household. Both my parents are artists. They met when they were 19. They had my brother when they were 19 and 20, like pregnant right away. They proceeded to have five kids. Like they never had time to reflect and see, hey, Mm -hmm. are these patterns healthy? Healthy bonding was definitely not modeled for me at all. So I was, you know, feeling my way around in the dark, trying to figure that out. And it sounds like you learned the hard way. But then what happened? What was the, then what path? (laughs) Something else kind of took over inside of me. Like I remember lying in bed and I was like, I just really need to go like volunteer on a horse farm or work with horses. And they're very healing and dangerous animals. And sometimes you need to just return to the things that center you and ground you and the things that make you, you, you know? Horses uh, don't have time for any of your bullshit. So if you're coming there, oh, you know, things are going well with my boyfriend. I'm very distracted by that. Like they don't care. So you have to uh, get mentally like out of whatever you're in and focused with them. So be present. That's yeah, that was Mm -hmm. a uh, neurological exercise. Basically, my brain was go about to go through a detox from this romance and needed something else to grasp onto to distract and build new neural pathways. I might not have known that at the time that that's what mm-hmm. I was doing, but I know that now. So of course now in my program, like we immediately find something for people to do so that they can switch those tracks because the detox process is harsh. Oof, detox. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It is it's literally detoxing someone from your system. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so this breakup then propels you into re reconnecting with yourself with things that you had been passionate about. And I know that a lot of your work is is based around mindfulness, spirituality, meditation, breath work. I mean, all of the things. How did this experience move you into that? Or were you already into those things already? Because I know that you grew up quite like open, you know, artist parents, and you were meditating at a pretty young age. So you already had this awareness. Did that become much stronger for you as it a way did. of coping? Um, yeah, I was able to return to it. Uh, another red flag for that relationship was that he was very uncomfortable with me 
doing those things, my personal preferences. Very triggered. You know, what is that? Like, oh, that's silly, weird. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. And, you know, when you're twisting yourself into a pretzel for somebody else, you are willing to like do whatever it takes to just like be the person that they want you to be. So yeah, I had abandoned my meditation practice. So I returned to it. Um, And of course, it's not all light and fluffy. Like that's kind of some harrowing, rigorous work. Like when you've been away from it a long time or not really going into your mind, when you go back in there, it's like, oh, like there's a lot in here that I need to work out and it brings up a lot of stuff. So yeah, I just was able to have the space to do that again. And I was fed up, so I wasn't uh, interested in, you know, making concessions or sacrificing the things that are the most healthy for me. So, so yeah. Why, why do you think we self-abandon for relationships? We're, we're scared, you know. We, we think, if I do this, then I'll get that, you know. This is the price. Uh, and I can pay it, but you can't pay it because it's a depletion. You're a resource and there's only so much of you. You're not, you're not endless when it's, um, not reciprocal or you're not being given back to. So you can wear yourself out. Um, so I think we abandon and betray ourselves because we want, people to like us. We want love, you know, we want to keep Mm -hmm. love and we're not always clear on like how it, how do you get and keep love, you know? Especially if we didn't see it modeled so great. I mean, most people come from, I know myself, you know, from a, a divorced family. And it's like, if you see these, a lot of these relationships never really working out, then I guess that, yeah, is the modeling of, okay, it's just not meant to last that long or that you need to do something in order to get. And that's the thing is it's a very re- yeah. transactional. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it's a slippery slope. And then before you know it, you're like a version of yourself that you don't recognize. Tell me about you getting into this line of work, working with women and helping them specifically in relationship and with breakups because we've all experienced, you know, a breakup. Now what drew you or what draws you to working with that part of relationships? Yeah. Well, it's um it's kind of a long like a a long meandering road. I mean, I had my personal practices and many of my friends and their friends knew that I would do meditations and intuitive readings and stuff like that. And they would ask me for them over the years. And then, um, then, uh, one day somebody referred their friend to me to talk about her relationship. And I was at a point in my entrepreneurial journey where I had some opening to kind of like switch directions. So I thought, okay, this has come into my, you know, window. Uh, let me give this a try. So I created a curriculum for her around, you know, the issues that she was having and it seemed to work for her. And then I was like, okay, uh, you know, maybe I should 
gather more of my practices and, you know, I need to test this on people. So I ran a beta group and, you know, the program started to form, but it, you know, that it was general relationship coaching and everybody needs something kind of different. Everybody's looking for love. Everybody's having a hard time, whatever. Um, but then when I went back and looked at my own experience, I thought, no, wait, how is the best possible way that I can serve people? You know, what has been my experience? What, what do I know for a fact and how that, how things play out? And it was this, this breakup. So yeah, seeing somebody at rock bottom and seeing them lose their faith and having lost themselves. I'm like, you know what? I know something about that. So come with me. I know it seems hopeless, but I know (laughs) I have some things to show you. We're going to get you back on top. And then that was really where I think things came together. Okay. I do want to to tell my audience that you have helped me through a breakup. <laughs> and it was incredibly helpful because of the the depth of your work. And it was visual and it was, it was somatic, the experience that I had with you. So it wasn't just coaching and goal setting and future pacing and all these things, you know, that is maybe typical coaching where it was really just feeling it, being in it and and a lot of visualizations, which are incredibly powerful. So I want to thank you for that. That was really, really um, very helpful. And and I think during this time, because it is so relatable, honoring this time as well and giving that to yourself, because so much of the time we want to move, we want to press fast forward to where mm. we don't have any feelings anymore and, and just jump to the next person. I know that I did that so well throughout most of my twenties, you know, and thirties was like, on to the next, <laughs> next, next. And then yeah. There's a moment where you're like, I need to process this and feel this. So talk about some of the things that, okay. So with women, I mean, specifically you work with women, this can apply to anyone. Of course. Yeah. But um, what are some of the things that you come across and then how do you guide people through the process? Are you um, yeah. So just talk, talk about that. So something that we can all kind of take away. Yeah. Um, so I see a lot, um, people coming out of a relationship forlorn, wishing that they, it could have worked out. They're grappling with, you know, what went wrong? What went wrong? What did I do? What did they do? Um, they're feeling like, Either they can never love again or that uh, there's something wrong with them. Um, But really that focus is uh, disempowered and not really what's happening. What's happening is you are learning and I think these days we're very uncomfortable with the feeling of learning. Um, we get a lot of instant gratification. If we don't like something, we can generally change it. But these people who come into our lives, whether they stay with us or not, are teachers So and mirrors. So me attracting this man from my past, I, that was very specific to me. 
And I needed that because I had some lessons that I needed to learn because I had beliefs about how life works and how who I was that needed testing. So in order to prepare me for a healthier long-term partnership, which I have now, um, I would have never been able to maintain a relationship with my husband had I not learned all of these hard lessons. Never, never, never. I was out of shape. I'm asking to run a marathon and I've not done one day of training. So... <laughs> okay, but how how much training do we need? You know, on some level, I'm like, I'm sick of all these fucking lessons. <laughs> Am I done yet? Well, yeah. I mean, you've got, well, okay. You're, you're going to training. You've got no coach. So your form is terrible. Mm -hmm. If you're having trouble understanding, why does this keep happening to me? I am locked in these patterns. I keep attracting the same kinds of people. That's when you need some structure. You know, mm -hmm. structure around your process to understand what's happening and how to change the pattern. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you've got to do different things to get different things, right? So, yeah. so yeah, we work on perspective shifting that and then also visualizing what it is that we do want because another major thing that happens when I ask people, so what do you want? They immediately tell me what they don't want. Mm -hmm. It's almost a guarantee. I yeah. asked a woman, you know, what kind of person are you looking for? Well, I don't want anybody who's polyamorous. I'll tell you that. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> so your ex was poly. Example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. not helping us. Like, mm -hmm. yep. it's not helping you aim for what you do want. So, you know, it's actually incredibly yeah. difficult to like really get detailed with what it is that we do want because it's, it's almost, I find that at the bottom of that, you're, you're even scared to say what you want because if you say it, it means you might not get it, but you've mm. said it and you put it out there. And then if you don't get it, you're going to be so disappointed if it doesn't happen. So or there's, it's the self-worth I think it comes up a bit of, mm -hmm. if you say it, do you believe it? Do you believe that you actually could have right. that? I think that's also something, I mean, I, I could, I could relate to that a bit, you know, and, and almost the, after a breakup, it's, it's like, it, it just feels very hopeless in a way because it's just a dark, it's a dark time, you know, all the, the mix of feelings, rejection. Um, and, and even, do you find that women that, that were the breaker uppers feel the same way? Or is there a difference between people that have, it's like been a mutual thing or do you find any difference in like how it happened? Um, you know, it's kind of all going to the same place. Like if you're the breaker upper, you know, you might be like launching yourself out of those relationships. You might be from a, from a like self-sabotage standpoint, you, you might be afraid of intimacy. You might, I don't know that it, it mm -hmm. might be totally fine for you to, you know, be like, okay, I've got to go. I can't deal with this. But on the other side of that, what's the game plan? What's next for you? Do you think you can get it? Like, what are, how are we going to get there? So yeah, just. Do you ever advise people to get back 
or try to get back with their partner? Or is it when people come to you, it's like, let's really sever that, you know, kind of close that chapter and move forward? Or just, do you find yourself sometimes suggesting that they they give it another shot? Well, I don't suggest either way. I suggest that they give themselves a shot. If mm. they haven't been, if they've been playing hooky on themselves and it's causing a schism in their relationship, I'm going to advise that they heal this, heal that part of themselves so that then the relationship can heal. So, so yeah, it depends on the circumstance. If, if they need to get back together because they are not, uh, they're, they're cheating themselves, you know, they're like abandoning themselves and, you know, they're afraid of fear of success, you know, like we'll work on that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. Every situation is so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so talk about your, your process a bit, your program, I think, because if, uh, what is the structure and what's, what is, what's the breakthrough that you're looking for? Like what would be the, um, yeah, kind of the, the, the ideal breakthrough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep the program short. It's four weeks. Um, we go through, you know, cleaning things out, getting, gaining clarity, like getting things organized. Um, a lot of like internal inquiry and then, after we get things kind of cleaned up and defined, then we start with aiming for like, what's the vision and start visioning and transforming all of that. So the, the breakthrough is that process. Um, break The breakthrough cannot happen if you get out of relationship and you say, you know what, I'm not really going to dive in there. Just going to kind of keep going forward with these wounds or carrying this heavy bag, you know, the point of the breakthrough is to, you know, put the heavy baggage down, open up those cases, look inside, see what we want to carry forward, see what we want to put away and compost. um, And (laughs) on fire. (laughs) Yes, we do. We do fire (laughs) rituals. You know, sometimes we, you know, wash things away. Uh, we work with the elements. Um, so yeah, it's just about seeing what is there to work with and what you want to do about all this stuff about your experience, you know, um, taking the time. Cause I find that most people are not taking the time or they're getting gyred. They're stagnating. They're stuck. They are going in circles. Um, they're talking to their friends. They're talking to their family. Everybody has an opinion. It's not always helpful. Uh, so, you know, it's not um, a dedicated practice to clarity and forward momentum. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, the the clarity. Because if you are speaking to a lot of people, definitely guilty of that. You know, it's a lot of processing going on. So those opinions can really can influence you dog barking. So if in your, your experience, it's, it's about finding your own clarity, like away from everyone else's 
opinion. And how do you get there? What's your process for finding that clarity? Yeah, so we will go through, oof, man. We start with the body. We work on breath practices. We got to get back in our body. We have Mm -hmm. to see where these experiences live in our body. We have to start naming things. So we put everything out onto the table and then we start organizing. And then we go through different writing exercises to work on what are my beliefs? Where did I pick up this idea? You know, we start defining what is love? What do I want love to be? What do, what do things feel like? Uh, how do I want to feel? We start getting that on paper. Oftentimes we have a lot of swirling thoughts in our head. We think we're pretty clear because I think about this stuff all the time, but going in circles in your head, thinking about it all the time does not make a clear, you know, sentiment. So we just get things on paper. We get things out in the open. We look Mm -hmm. at, you know, all the things. And um, that way we, we can unpack like, whoa, my mom always told me this, or, you know, I just internalized this societal belief that time is running out or there's not that many options or, you know, like we've got to excavate that stuff. And then through that is where the clarity comes. So mind body practices, written practices, um, maybe we'll incorporate something that uh, you really enjoy that you've left behind that helps you excavate feeling like dance or singing or whatever it is. I try to make it really personal, you know, to Mm -hmm. you. So, so yeah, if you're not a writer, we'll talk it out, you know, but it has to be out of your brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So feeling, feeling it in the Mm -hmm. body, which is Mm -hmm. a huge one, breath work, it's Mm is next level and then so identifying what's there writing speaking getting it out Mm -hmm. and then through that you guide them to find you know sort of their truth yeah absolutely and then then there are devotional practices because we need daily things and visual reminders so we'll set up an altar for future visioning we'll set up different rituals ritual baths, just learning how to take care of your soul and take care of your subtle body, your emotional body through these practices. Um, We do guided visualization. Um, I've been doing guided visualization with myself for many, 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 many years. Uh, So I've wrapped those into kind of a landscape. We'll go through your internal landscape and go to different rooms and places and explore what's in there and put things in there or take things out of there, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Out of the subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a full, full body, full mind approach. Mm-hmm. Yes, which I think is necessary for sure. Um, I had interviewed a woman recently that was all about the mind and dropping the mind. And she said, everything, all of our problems are in the mind, you know, so we live up there (laughs) and it's so true. And so I think you're, you're using the mind in such a different way in the visualization and getting into the, the deeper layers, which is where we operate from anyway. So 
that's what I think is so powerful about the work that you do in general. It's just because it's multi, multi-layered and you're so easy to talk to and you've, you've had some, you know, intense experiences and you then met your husband. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that story, I know that story and you were very much not looking for anything. You were not sitting there visualizing <laughs> your partner, right? right? (laughs) And if anything, you resisted it when you did meet him. So how did, how did you show up differently in that relationship? Was it you showing up differently? And then of course, being with someone that also was a bit on the same level. So I wanted to also say that this woman was talking about our, our energetic blueprint attracts things in our life, you know, everything, everyone. And so it's really just Mm -hmm shifting that energetic blueprint. This is her language, but it sounds similar to what you are teaching people and helping people do because it's that internal shift on all levels that, that ultimately changes your, your external reality. So is that, is that a bit of what happened with you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that a hundred percent. Um, for me, I was, It was, I had taken a couple of years off dating. I had gotten to a place where I felt good. I had been taking care of my body. I was taking care of my mental landscape. I, I felt great. I felt so great that I was like, I don't need a relationship. (laughs) So I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really some magic territory. You want to get there. Like, you know what? I'm okay with or without. Also, if I do land in something and it explodes, I can handle it. Because guess what? I just did before. So I know I'm going to be okay no matter what. To be honest, I'm having a great time now. I don't really need anybody. Um, So then that's where the resistance came from when I met my husband. Because I thought, oh, okay, you seem nice, good-looking, charming guy. Like, cool. But like, I don't need that. Like I met him and we met at a party at my house and, you know, he walked in. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. He's exactly the kind of guy I could like, you know, be with. And, but I was like, don't need it. And, um, you know, when he, you know, called the next day, which I knew he was going to, I was like, oh my God, like, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But then, uh, you know, and I pushed him off. I, I pushed him off for like six months and he still around after that time. And I was like, Oh my God, like that, that gave me the time to not make any rash, you know, fast movements, which is Mm -hmm. exactly what I needed to do. Just be a little bit more thoughtful and conscious, like slow down. Like if this person is good for you, or this relationship is good for you, like it'll be there. It'll be around like relationships take time. Bonding takes time. Healthy bonding takes time. Um, So if things are too fast, like, I don't know, like you're, it's hard to be present. So, so the fact that I resisted was just kind of a natural, gave us a natural pacing to Mm -hmm. ease into being together. Um, and it gave him time to really decide, do I want to be with this person? Do I want to pursue this 
woman. Um, and for me to ask myself, like, do I want to accept this man? So yeah, I mean, the resistance was coming from a healthy place, you know? Um, yeah. And okay. So there's a lot of talk out there, you know, get to a place like you just described, you don't need anything <laughs> good on your own and all of that stuff. What about when you really fucking want a relationship and you're like, <laughs> I want it now and I'm sick of being single or I just had a breakup and I'm ready to like get into something else because there's so many rules nowadays, how much time you need after a breakup, uh, you know, don't get, you know, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else, you know, all of that stuff. <laughs> I love My that one. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That, that's a classic. So what do you say and believe about that? And I just threw um, a lot of things at you, but. Yeah. That's you know. okay. Uh, gosh, I mean, it depends on every person. I just want to say that yeah. the energy of desperation, if we're mm. working on the energetic level, the yeah. energetics yeah. of desperation are never good. They're not good in business. They're not good in personal relationships. They're, it's just not good. So if yeah. you feel yourself yeah. feeling desperate, I mean, you've got to work through that. You are not going to attract a quality match from that space. Mm -hmm. However, it's okay to feel your feelings and feel frustrated and feel like, what the F? I just want something now. It's also okay to be decisive and be sure and be like, you know, I do want somebody now. I'm not feeling desperate. I feel sure and ready. And I would like it to be sooner rather than later. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> that, mm -hmm. you know, um, just make sure that that's also coupled with clarity and, you know, a clear vision of what you want and good boundaries. So I'm clear that I want something now sh shouldn't be followed by, and I'll take anything. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> that's not <laughs> okay guilty guilty <laughs> can he just live in the same city or I, yeah you know so okay boundaries that's a big one so boundaries <laughs> after a breakup yeah. no contact rule mm. what do you think about that depends depends, depends. I mean yeah. like I said earlier it's a detox process and gosh that feels hard so work with yourself on it. Um, you know, I think there's kind of a natural tapering in communication that happens. But some people, depending on the situation, maybe it's unsafe or a dangerous person or something, you know, you want to go no contact. You really need that emotional delineation, you know. So it depends. Depends on the circumstance. I, I won't I will say that um keeping in contact here and there and letting things kind of keep a thread kind of going where you always kind of are holding a space for someone, those energetics are tricky as well. So those energetics will keep that space open for that person. And guess what? It's closing a space for another person. So just know that like, if you want to hold space for someone for that old flame, fine, just know that you're doing that. And if you want something new, you've got to open the space for somebody new, which means closing the other door. Yeah. 
What about when they have a kid? <laughs> <laughs> when you have a kid together. Well, yeah. then we talk about internal space versus external space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. you know, you can make you can make statements and statements of intent and uh, decisions to create clear delineations for yourself internally. Um, and then that way be able to open new space for someone else. But if you, a lot of this is about being extremely honest with yourself. Am I keeping a candle lit for this person? Do I kind of wish we would just get back together? You know, that that's muddying the waters and it, those, these are tricky and conflicting emotions that's going to happen, but we want to make sure that our daily practices is caring for our future desires and setting ourselves up for success. You know, we don't want to yeah. get into self-sabotage, which is so easy to do. So easy. It really is. Okay. I love asking these questions. What? <laughs> what great are? <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, these next two um, are ones I like to ask because it just—I love some of these responses. But what are you <laughs> most proud of up until this point? Uh, I guess sticking by myself, like having some faith in myself, like giving myself a chance to be happy. You know, uh, there's been many moments with my husband before we were married where I thought, oh, this probably isn't going to work out or I'll just, I'm just kind of seeing this guy and I'll just like go do something else pretty soon here. And like, this is going to explode or like just kind of thinking, not giving things a chance, not giving myself a chance. And it's been excruciating to give myself a chance, you know, um, to accept and receive a healthy, loving partnership, you know, it's felt uncomfortable and scary at times. So I feel proud of myself for letting my life unfold and not kind of holding back or going backwards to places of comfort that are ultimately not the best. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm, thanks for sharing that. And at this point, I think I know your answer to this one. What are you most looking forward to? <laughs> well, <laughs> I am five months pregnant. Yay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm most looking forward to meeting this baby and um, continuing the adventure, really. I mean – my husband and I have a great time together. So it's like, what are we doing next? Like moving here, moving there, like starting this project, that project, you know, I'm just excited to like keep the adventure going. Mm-hmm. What does that sound? Oh, that is the garage door. <laughs> oh, I'm like, that is so loud. It sounds like an ice machine. <laughs> yeah, it's like... There's a carnival downstairs. <laughs> Snow cones. <laughs> uh, so Kim, it's home. I'm so excited for the two of you. This next adventure, because I, you know, we met in Lisbon. You had been living in Lisbon for five years and, or four years and mm-hmm. having this, this amazing adventure. And then 
now you're back in the States, reconnecting with family, reconnecting with life back there and in a way simplifying, I think, and, and bringing now, you know, being pregnant, it's like just, it's all unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's also totally scary at the same time. Super scary. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. Did, yeah. We did choose this. <laughs> I remember having a lot of conversations about this, but like now that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. And well, I hope you do come back to, to Lisbon at some point. Mm, same. I love, love Lisbon. It was so good to us. It was such mm-hmm. a magical place. Magical yeah. Time. It's great for families. Yeah, it is. It's so lovely. It's so peaceful and lovely there. Um, I would love to go back and like spend some years there again. Mm-hmm. 2.0. 2.0. 3.0. Yeah. There's going to be three of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so fun. Uh, okay. So how can people find you? And what would be – so the program is is ongoing Mm-hmm. Or is it has it launched yet? Uh, no, it's launched. Um, it's ongoing. Uh, I usually work with you know a very small number of people a month just to keep it very, very, very quality. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be available, you know. And right. yeah, so it's it's out. You can contact me. We'll talk. Uh, you know. I book a call. Let's see how it goes. What is going on? You know, if we're a good fit, all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they, you can find me here and there sometimes on Instagram. <laughs> and post, yeah, as we talked links. about, oh my goodness. <laughs> and um, yeah, my website has everything everybody needs to know. I mean, yeah. Yes, it's a great offering so important. And I want to commend Mm. you again for the work that you're doing, for showing up, doing the work yourself, sharing what you know in such a loving, just calm. You're so like just being in your energy is always so grounding and calming for me. (laughs) Even on Zoom. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Even on Zoom. Oh my goodness. Uh, I am an in-person person. I much prefer in person. Yes, I'd love to for, have some in person sure. workshops and stuff. So mm-hmm. you will, you will. Maybe look out for those. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It was so nice. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference for visibility. And even better, share this episode with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode every other Wednesday. If you're interested in working together to elevate your online presence, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at whereiswillow. I also hang out on LinkedIn, Willow McDonough. Until then, cheers to carving your own fucking path. I love you.